okay, very good, very good. So even though he is a movie star, mega movie star, he still does his own carpentry. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like you can kind of tell that's his personality that he would continue doing that. <laughs> sure, sure. But that's I I I mean I used to, I I tried doing stuff with wood. The best I closest I can come to what you're talking about though was uh, when I first got into theater and we did theater production and we were building sets. Um, oh yeah. You know, having to cut wood and all that stuff. And it was kind of funny because when the first time I did that, I was about 15 or 16, and I was a prissy girl. I just, it was like, I'm going to get a big um, uh, thing in my finger or something. But actually, once I just let that go and just did it, I really enjoyed it. I'll tell you, my dad and I just finished a project where we built um, blanket chests for a couple of my daughters who were getting married as wedding gifts. Uh, he had made one himself for my first daughter, and then we made two of them for the next two daughters who were getting married over the next couple of years. And, boy, they are pieces. They're just so crafty and beautiful, uh, the finish on them. And so uh, I love spending time with my dad I think that's so important and we learn so much from our elders and mm -hmm. uh, you know take that information with us because uh, you know I don't know I, I just don't know that I'll ever have the opportunity to woodwork with somebody uh, you know in the future and I just really enjoy the time every minute I get to spend with him doing that is a fun day for me yeah I mean I've lost my parents so believe me uh, hold on tight love them as much as sure you can Sure, you, you understand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I we were always a close family, um, my mom, my dad, my brother, and I. And so when we first lost my dad and then um, just a few years ago lost my mom, it was, you know, the rocks of our family, the, the foundation. Sure. It, sure. You feel like, I don't know if how you f would feel, but I f uh, felt like an orphan when I lost my parents. Even though I, I was an adult, you know, I was I was a woman, but uh -huh. but when uh -huh. you lose your parents, you know, that's who you turn to. That well, at least my parents, that's who I turn to. That's who I ask questions when I have a problem or or I don't understand something that's going on in the world. My dad was really smart about all this politics and stuff, and I could ask him anything. And now uh -huh. I don't have anybody. Uh -huh. I mean, my, I'm very close to my brother, but it's not the same. I mean, it's not uh, brother is not the same as parents. <laughs> All right, the next generation matriarch and patriarch. Those are the family foundation, and that's such a big deal uh, in our society today. Especially fathers, in my opinion, uh, we're just missing out on having intact families and fathers influence on children and I were you know as a foster parent over the last you know several decades I have seen a, a big change in how that affects the stability of children uh, they need their fathers it's a big deal yeah we uh, I we were lucky we had a great dad I mean really really smart really really loving very hands-on uh, cool to my mom um, huh. they, they got along beautifully they were a love story and they were 
together 51 years until my dad died. Um, wow, wow. So I I had really good, and my grandparents were, my grandpa was wonderful. So I had two really excellent exa- examples of, of father material. <laughs> well, that's a real blessing. I, and I know that's unusual, and I know that, and I'm very grateful that I had that. <laughs> Absolutely. Because um, I've heard stories, uh, a lot of stories. And I read a lot of books about. I I was watching this thing was supposed to be about a Father's Day special, books and movies with fathers, and every father they talked about was uh, alcoholic or abusive or trying to fight their demons, and I'm like, can't think of one good guy in movies and television, yeah. one decent yeah. person. All of them are rotten. Right. That's it was just shocking. Uh Well, our our media influences so much And so we need to kind of get back to that father figure being so important And, uh, you know, our intact families being so important You know, they don't all have to be the same I work with all sorts of blended families And that doesn't matter, families are families Exactly That's one of the things we, we really encourage that with all of the children that come through our home we want them to understand that, hey, just because you have a foster family now who is going to take care of you until your family can get back on their feet, that's not taking away from your biological family's love. It's just extra love. I just, and that's what we really try to encourage in the children. I, 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 I agree about the media. I wish that they would, um, I mean, yeah, you can have drama without making someone a creep. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. I I I don't um I don't understand it um but I mean I know yeah I'd like to see a lot more uh, conversation with um, media moguls about encouraging that foundation in children uh, because it's so important and media does influence all sorts of media and uh, you know the importance of supporting each other building each other up. And, you know, giving each other a good foundation, um, and that's a lot what foster parents do for children coming into the system. Um, you know, we're not taking anything away from their biological family. We're just adding in addition to. And, and one thing that foster parents really do a lot of these days is work directly with the biological family towards reunification. And with June being Family Reunification Month, um, we're bringing a lot of attention to that as much as we can because it's so important to get these children reunified with, uh, you know, their parents, hopefully, or some sort of kin, uh, and back into their communities. They just statistically do much better as adults when that's done. Uh, I understand. That's true. I, and and uh-huh. I think it's important that everybody, uh, it, that, that the, you know, that the kids know that they're loved. I think that's what the most important thing is. Right. And and also us, um, you know, helping their biological family realize their potential. Uh, they have various vices and demons and things that have to be taken care of at home. Whatever brought the child into foster care has to be corrected. Uh, but the, the agencies are and our government is working harder on that now to reunite the child with their primary family with kin of some sort, could be a relation kin, like an aunt and uncle, 
It could be a non-relation kin, somebody who has a, a good uh, relationship with the child, like maybe a teacher or a neighbor. Uh, but to get those children reunified with some sort of their kinfolk and then back into their communities. Uh, you know, it's not like it was in the history of foster care many, many years ago where children were put on orphan trains from the east and kind of populated the west. You know, we have all these homeless children in Boston and New York. And, you know, over about 50 years, about 200,000 children were sent out west. They didn't get to stay with their siblings. They didn't get to be reunited with their families. That just wasn't the goal of foster care long ago. But we learn from our history and we learn from our mistakes, and now we know how important it is for children to stay with their siblings whenever possible and to get reunited with their family once the you know problems in the home are taken care of. Well, that's important. Um, and it's important to realize that everything changes, and hopefully, for, and it looks like for the better in the case of foster care. <laughs> I think so. I think I think people have really smartened up and are trying very, very hard to do justice for the children. And again, back to the media, foster parents and foster children are not portrayed very favorably in the media. Uh, always, you know, mean foster parents who don't take good care of the children and children who are always a boatload of problems, and that's just not the day-to-day -day truth of it. Um, most foster parents are magnanimous people and want to do their best to help these children out, help their families heal, grow, find their momentum, you know, get on it with life, you know, not being the victim forever and ever. You know, there's a time and a place to, you know, understand the trauma you've gone through, but, you know, helping the children pick themselves up and helping the families heal and getting their families back together so that they can continue to raise their children successfully in a family setting with a good foundation. So important. Oh, yeah. I can see that. And um, so other than being a great foster mom and, and stuff like that, do you have any hobbies that you like to do to, you know, just uh, like – uh, maybe needlework or anything like that, uh, just something that uh, you can peacefully do at night while you're watching television or something? Yeah, my thing is reading. Yeah, I love, I'm a big reader, and um, I love to plan, uh, you know, events for children. I'm always planning birthday parties and, and Mother's Day events, and I'm kind of the person in my family. My family calls me the family historian, so I take pictures, and I, I like to print my pictures off, and I send them, you know, to my dad or my sister or, or um, you know, a past foster child, and maybe they came for a visit. And I try to take pictures and send them off with a letter to somebody so that they get mail that's not a bill. I kind of feel like it's a little bit of a lost art, but I really enjoy doing that for people, and people will say, oh, I, it was so nice to have a picture of that event, and to have it printed off and you sent that to me. So I kind of consider myself the family historian. And um, since my family is large, I have four biological children that are all getting married and, you know, starting families of their own. But um, Ron and I have fostered over 165 children uh, in, during our 35-year marriage. So there's lots of generations there and children that got married and had other had their own children. And so we have what we call grand fosters now. And whenever we get together, uh, we take pictures and then follow up with a card and uh, send the photos. And 
just keep trying to build them up. Even after they leave our home, uh, we try not to desert them. We try to still be a, a emotional support for them. That's great. Um, when you're reading, you said you're a big reader. What uh, is there an author you like? I mean, you said you like westerns. Um, is that the uh, books you go to, or is there other books oh, you go to? I'm, I'm kind of a big yeah, I'm kind of a big fan of Janet Daly, but again, I like to read history books and watch documentaries too. I just like to learn anything about how something is work works or is produced. I think that's just intriguing. I love I love to watch Mike's dirty jobs and see how things are maintained, you know, like the maintenance of the Golden Gate Bridge. It's a very uh interesting episode. So I enjoy doing things like that. There was a good show where um, I can't remember the name of the host. He does other stuff, but it, it was a show where he was showing how the undergrounds of different cities are, like uh, uh-huh. like the under under New York or under Chicago or like uh, what what's going uh-huh. on in the works. That's it was really interesting. Have you? Uh, God. He does um, uh, uh, Secrets of the Museum. Um, the guy who did okay. that, but I can't remember his name. You know, I blank out every once in a while. <laughs> but yeah, it's, so it's, it's all interesting to me uh, the the infrastructure and how our cities work, and um, boy, just how any product is made. I find that very intriguing. Yeah, um, one of the things I thought was really fascinating was the history of how they put the rivers under the city in London because they were so smelly and they were poisoning the air and polluting. And that they're still under there, <laughs> all the rivers. Like Fleet Street, where the press is, it's, it's the, it, I always wondered why it wasn't called Press Street or something. But it, the Fleet River is underneath Fleet Street. So that's why that's it's called Fleet Street. Um, okay. And there's a and uh, the strand is uh, there's the river strand is under the strand. Um, okay. And all, all, a lot of the places that are named that it's an it's that's a name that doesn't fit. I wonder why that is. It's usually a river that's under there, and that's why it's called okay. that. Interesting. And, yeah. Um, when they did that, they hired the guy who did the. I think it. I think it was the Brooklyn Bridge, or it was one of the great bridges. It was like in New York, because um, uh, you'd have to do underground work in order to do in the ocean to do that. Mm-hmm, sure. And mm-hmm. that's the same man who put the rivers under the city in uh, in London. I I thought that you talk about infrastructure, how complicated that must have been. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's always good to keep learning, so that's why I enjoy doing it. Pick something I don't know much about and just keep learning about it. Oh yeah, yeah. I like I I like I watch a lot of documentaries too. Um, I was watching one the other day about um, British cinema. And it was oh. it was really fascinating because it was talking about the difference between American cinema and British cinema, and uh, how 
at times uh, American cinema overwhelmed the British cinema, but then other times the British cinema was very independent. Uh, and that it actually had an effect both on American films and British films, the, the early films. And I'm not, I'm talking like uh, from the 30s on. So it's not, it's, it's, and, and they actually had some revolutionary uh, directors and writers who had quite the effect that still has an effect on uh, both uh, British and American cinema. Um, and also, the, both British and American cinema were affected by French films because there was a, a whole period of Truffaut and people like that. And then there was also Italian cinema that had an effect on both of them. And it, it was just really fascinating. I learned a bunch of stuff I didn't know. <laughs> And saw, some scenes, and, growing. and saw some scenes from movies I, I had heard of, but I'd never seen any of them. So it was kind of yeah. cool. Um, there was one that I was dying to see. I found it on streaming. Um, it's called Truly Madly Deeply with Alan Rickman and um, uh, Juliet Stevenson. And they compared it to Ghost. But really... I didn't. I didn't think it was like this. I thought it was more like "Kiss Me Goodbye" with uh, Sally Field and James Caan. It it had the same kind of basis. It's and I finally saw it. It was so good, and it was so nice to see Alan Rickman not in a fright wig, with uh, being a bad guy with um, eye lenses on and everything. Just just a sweet character. It was really lovely. <laughs> And that's the great part about old movies. You know, you just don't know what you're getting into. You know, you're in a hotel room, and you just have to watch what's on TV, and, you know, you come up with these wonderful movies, and I, I really enjoy that. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, especially in a hotel. You never know what you're going to get in a hotel. <laughs> that's right. you got to be careful in a hotel. There's some stuff in there you don't uh, want to see. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a big thing in uh, our house is things are G-rated. So we uh, work hard to keep our media G-rated and our music G-rated. In fact, I have to tell a funny story. I had uh, four sisters, four teenagers during COVID, and uh, they would play on the Alexa downstairs in the basement. We had some of our big um, toy areas down there, and the TV, and, you know, they would dance to music and tumble on the gymnastics mats. And, and it got to the point where my daughter, who was, still at college at the time she hadn't been sent home yet she had the alexa app on her phone and she would say hey mom the music the girls are listening to is not really great music so i would go downstairs and i'd say oh you know girls we need to be making better decisions and you know let's you know we we, we be careful what we expose our minds to and anyhow then it got it morphed to the area where my daughter could look on the alexa on her phone, just kind of check from time to time what the music was. Um, some of the lyrics all blend together. I can't really tell what they're saying. And she said, Mom, I just started, I interrupted that song and I started playing The Wheels on the Bus, which is a Barney song. <laughs> and this became this joke. So every once in a while, I would hear The Wheels on the Bus start playing in the basement and you would hear these giggles. And the girls thought that was so funny because they knew my daughter at college had caught them, you know, maybe not making the best choice with G-rated music, 
and she would just interrupt the song with the music, the wheels on the bus. And that has just kind of been a family joke ever since. But we all really work hard to support each other uh, and help each other make good decisions when it comes to video games and movies and music and all of the social media. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I know it's like because of all the different ways that people have access to things, it must be really hard today to keep uh, kids from stuff they shouldn't be looking at. Well, that's the thing. You have to give them a foundation and you have to give them a purpose in life and a reason to make a good decision because you're never going to be able to control it. Uh, way back when cell phones were new, people were like, well, you know, children won't be having cell phones. It'll just be adults. And then that just didn't turn out to be the case. And so now we go the other route of trying to teach right from wrong, making good decisions. If something makes you feel bad or funny, it's probably something you shouldn't be doing or engaging in. Um, you know, things should be make you feel good about yourself. If you're making a decision and you think that decision is something you would make in front of other people, then that's the same decision you should be making when you're alone, you know, in your choices of what you're reading or watching or looking at online, because you'll never be able to control that, not in this day and age. So you have to teach children right from wrong and teach them about formation and and their foundation and how it's so important um, to internalize that desire to stick with things that are positive for their brain. It just helps them have a happier life and better relationships um, than watching things that don't. Um, we are come to the part where you get to talk about what's the name of your book, where can people find it, all the good stuff. <laughs> well, my book is called Fostering Love, A Glimpse into Foster Care. My husband and I have been foster parents for most of our 35-year marriage. Um, I have a website, uh, KathleenPado.com, Kathleen with a K, and Pado is P-A-Y-D-O. And I have a website, it's got all of my social media contact on it. Uh, and we got into foster care shortly after we got married uh, 35 years ago. And besides taking a break in the middle there to raise our own children up for about 10 years, we've been foster parents our whole life. and. Uh, had many children through our home and work very hard to um, help them heal from their traumas and uh, grow in their abilities and you know if it's an older child teaching some independent living skills and as a blessing we get to keep in touch with a lot of them Uh, some families do not like that don't want to keep in touch but lots and lots of families are all up for the extra support so it's been a great ride that's great And do you have any events coming up, like book fairs or uh, book signings or something like that? You know, I'm working really hard on social media right now because when you write a book and you're taking care of foster children, you have to kind of compartmentalize where your energy is going. So I've just finished the book and got that published. It's available on Amazon. Uh, It's called Fostering Love, A Glimpse into Foster Care. And uh, I have done many podcasts, and a lot of things are online now. Uh, So I enjoy speaking to people, doing interviews, and uh, do some talking at uh, community centers and senior centers and libraries. So I'm quite busy promoting the book. Okay. All right. Um, I want to thank you for coming on my show and taking time out of your very busy day. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. Foster care is 
really come a long way over the years, and we're working so hard to reunify families and return children to their communities strengthened and helping their families get strengthened along the way. Um, and this makes better communities altogether. So uh, we have to lift up those people who are going through tough times, help them with some uh, extra services that are temporary, and help them get on their feet. You know, people who are able-bodied and able to do that. Of course, we take care of lots of children who are medically fragile, um, have mental illness, um, are not able to do that, but trying to get a lot of services set up to support them so that they can have a meaningful life uh, and, you know, some happiness in their life and stability in their life. So foster parents' work is very important, and when children leave our homes, we don't necessarily say goodbye. Sometimes we have relationships with these children, you know, 5 and 10 and 15 years later, and and those long-term bonds are a a blessing for everybody. That's great. Um, Again, thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to come on my show. Well, thank you very much for having me. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, and thank you for chatting with Sherry. Are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? If you're ready to change your future, my friends at Northwest College can help. Start training for a rewarding career in healthcare like medical assisting, medical billing and coding, surgical technology, or nursing. Don't wait. New classes are enrolling right now. Plus, we're giving away a $10,000 scholarship to attend Northwest College. So what are you waiting for? Register now at channel933.com slash edu. That's channel933.com slash edu. Or call 844-NEW-CAREER to learn more. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.